The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. So, so today we are starting a new series and we are in part one, obviously, since it's, um, we are starting out today, of bold steps, bold steps. We will take a um, scripture reading from Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Philippians 3, 12 and 13. This is Paul, I mean, speaking after he has done so much. He has taken so much territories for God. He has discipled thousands and thousands of leaders. He has made an amazing impact for the kingdom of God. And, and in Philippians 3, 12, Paul was saying that not that I have already obtained all this. Not that I have already obtained or I have arrived at my goal. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward towards what is ahead. And for us to be all that God has called us to be, we have to take bold steps. We have to take bold steps to take the territories that God has for us we have to take bold steps. In our finances, we have to take bold steps. In our spiritual work, our work with God, we have to take bold steps. It takes bold steps to wake up at a certain time and to, to seek God and to pray. It, that is that's boldness. Boldness. You sit down, you are praying to, to, to a God you cannot see. Someone asks you, what are you doing? I'm talking to God. Where is he? Is uh, here. We're here. You look like you're crazy. It takes bold steps to take your relationships to the next level. Your relationship with, with your God, your relationship with your, with your spouse, your relationship with your children. There are certain conversations you need to have. There are certain steps you need to take. There are certain things you need to do to take the ball forward. You require boldness and it will take bold steps for that to happen many times we are comfortable just moving around in circles you know if you are to evaluate sometimes your education or your career or your business or your finances or your relationship with your spouse or with your children or with your colleagues the summary is as though you are moving around in circles you have, there's motion but there's really no progress. For you to have 
real progress, you must take bold steps. So, so you need to realize that the truth is, motion is not progress, as is commonly said. Motion is not progress. You are, you are, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of steam. There's a lot of smoke. But there is no progress. Spiritually, there's motion, but there is no progress. Relations, relationally, there's motion. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot of activity, but there's no progress. There's a lot of activity, but there's no intimacy. There's a lot of activity, but there's no progress. And if that is the summation of any area of your life, fasten your seatbelt. Because your life is about to change drastically. Praise the name of the Lord. Because you can't keep going in circles and expect to have progress. You can't. You can't. You have to break out of it. You have to break out of it. And it takes a lot of energy, a lot of courage to break out of uh, a cycle. I don't want to bore you with all the physics. But if, 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 if there's a force that is taking you round and round and you want to break out of that orbit, you need a lot of energy to break out of it. You need to take bold steps. So you need to, first and foremost, disabuse your mind. I can't continue like this. I can't continue to do what I am doing and expect something else. In fact, um, the very popular scientist calls that insanity. <laughs> he says it's madness. That is insanity. Um, Albert Einstein said he's doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. You are doing the same thing over, 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 and you are expecting a different result in your marriage. You are doing the same thing over, over, over. You are expecting a different result. They say that that's madness. I didn't say so. Albert Einstein says you may be crazy. Now, don't look at me like that. I didn't say that. Albert Einstein says, you're actually crazy. You can't be doing the same things and you expect to make progress. It's not going to happen. In fact, he said in another instance, the same guy, that you, you can't solve, our, we can't solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created the problem. You created the problem, the mess you are in, with the, with the level of thinking you are in, and you want to solve it with the same level of thinking, you have to change. You have to take both steps. You have to break out of that level of thinking. And so why is it so difficult? Why is it so, so difficult to bring change into our lives? Why is it so, so difficult sometimes? You know, I was having a, a, um, a conversation with Pastor Craig, and we were talking about organizational change. I mean, you know, the guy is an amazing thinker, unbelievable you know, I, I left his office. My head was buzzing. As in, I was just writing. Too much to do. Too much to do. The, pace, the life that is not driven is because you can't see. You feel life is boring. You can't see. You, you want to, you want to uh, without disrespect to people that are struggling emotionally with depression, which is real, but if you can really see, you will never consider suicide. You know that. You can't see. That's why. That's why you're thinking, oh, my life is 
is, is so dull. It's dull because you can't see. Today, you are going to get sight. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. You know? So, so we're talking about organizational okay, change. And, and it, so, so the question was, why was it so difficult? Why is it so difficult for people to, to change? Why is it so difficult for people to change? And, and he says something that was so profound. And he says to me that, look, it's not, change is not always difficult. You know? That, have you noticed that if you say to your wife that maybe she's driving a jalopy, this is what he said, that maybe she's driving a, an old car, and you say to her, I have a, a brand new SUV outside for her. Do you notice that the change doesn't, she doesn't say, oh, I'm struggling with this change <laughs> to drive this brand new car. I'm struggling. And he said, have you noticed that your wife, you just change? I'm like, praise God. She will. <laughs> have you noticed that when, when we, we do things that we find palatable, we are able to change? And change is not an issue? So, so why is change such a big problem? So the problem is not we change. Everybody can change easily. Some people say, oh, it's difficult for me to change. It's a lie. Proof, I'll give you a brand new car at the end of service. No, 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 I was joking. I didn't mean it like that. I, I, I meant if I gave you a brand new car, you will change. You will change. Some of you will forget your car in church. It will be instant. So, so, I mean, so I, I walked out of there, I mean, thinking about so many things, so many things. One of the things I was thinking about is that, you see, the truth is this. Change is easy when two things are in place. Number one, when we consider the new desirable. We can take the bold steps when we consider the new desirable. We can take bold steps. Number two, when we don't need to do the heavy lifting. We can take both steps. It becomes easy when somebody else has done the heavy lifting. And that's usually where the challenge is. But when we can actually see the, the, the new as desirable, and we are empowered to do what we need to do, then we can take the bold steps to bring into fruition what we desire in our life. And you can put that in every area of life, in every area of life. So we are seeing a trend coming out from here. So to, to take bold steps, today we are laying the foundation for, for this series. So to take bold steps, we're going to dive deeper next week. We, we need to see and we need to do. To take bold steps, we need to see and we need to do. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit simple. You know, first of all, I mean, this is so simple. But it's not simplistic. But if you look at it carefully, the challenge is that many times we do not see. The challenge with God, in most cases with people, is that God is trying to take you from this place to this place. But God needs you to see where he's taking you. Many times you can't access 
the next level until you see the next level. This is the month of new beginnings. God is busting out, out new things in our lives in Jesus' name. But you see, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, verse, from verse 19, he says, For I am about, this is God, I'm about to do something new. He says, see. Everyone says, see. And you will see in the name of Jesus. He says, see, I have already begun. Begun. Do you not see it? I'm making a way, pathway through the wilderness. I'm creating rivers in the dry wasteland and desert. The question is, do you not see it? Do you not see it? What do you see? What do you see? For, for the remaining part of the year, for your life, for your finances, what do you see? Actually, what do you see? You will get what you see. Someone say, I reject that to Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not getting what I see. But the challenge is, you will actually get what you see. So you need to begin to change what you see. You need to align what you see with what God says about you. What do you see? When you look at your children, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see when, when, when you look at your marriage? What do you see? What do you see? Because you will get what you see. So God's challenge many times is, can you see, can't you see it? Can't, do you not see See it. Do you not see it? God is saying, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. He's talking about something in the future. And he's saying, do you not see it? So God wants you to use your imagination. So as God is saying, I will make a way in the wilderness, what should happen? Your imagination should kick in. And you begin to imagine, what does a way in the wilderness look like? I will make paths, road paths in the desert. What does that look like? You need to begin to have a mental picture. God will not do that for you. Many times we think, I cannot see because God has not opened my eyes. No, 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 no. God says, you are not seeing because you are not opening your eyes. We say, oh, but I, I, I come. Some people just have vision. Have you, have you heard that before? Oh, you are just one of those people that have big vision. Some of us just have small vision. No, you have chosen to have small vision. It's, what am I sharing with you? When I realized this, I made up my mind, no small dreams in my life again. If, God gives you a bottle of water. He gives a bottle of water to you. He's not any richer than if he gives you a tanker of water. When you take a tanker of water from God, God is not poorer. If you take a bottle of water from God, you have not done him a favor. So what you take, bottle or tanker, is what you can see. So what can you see? Bottle or tanker? <laughs> Tankers, absolutely. <laughs> 
a lot. You can see even a conduit that connects to the, to the ocean. Tankake. I see a pipe, a huge pipe that is bringing water. What can you see? What can you see? What can you see? And it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. You have to. God will not see for you. I know this is unpopular, but the truth is, God will not see for you. Seeing is your responsibility. Seeing is my responsibility. He says, I will make a way. I will make a way. You didn't realize, but I need you to see it. Can you see it? But moving on quickly from there, it's one thing to see. It's another thing to do. It's one thing to see. It's another thing to do. In Matthew 14, 25 to 29, there's a story there of, of Jesus walking on water. And, and while he was, he was walking on, on water, you know, the disciples, all of them, if you read that story well, they all saw Jesus. Everybody saw Jesus. It means they saw Jesus walking on water. What does that mean? It means that Jesus showed them the possibility of doing the impossible. All of them saw that it was now possible to walk on water. But only one person did something about it. Only one person did something about it. There are many of you, you have seen stuff. God has shown you stuff, but you've done nothing about it. Today, you need to begin to take the bold step towards the fulfillment of that creative idea in the name of Jesus. Only Peter took advantage of it. Only Peter did something about it. Only Peter. So, you you can see on one hand, but you actually need to do to make it happen. If all you do is C, 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 after a while, those dreams will become nightmares. Because if you are seeing, 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 you see yourself in a new house. You see yourself doing great things. But you don't do anything about it. Everybody keeps going, boom, 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 boom. Next time, when you want to see, you don't want to see. Because the things you are seeing are actually tormenting you. If you don't do anything about it. So, moving from here to here is, is huge. It's one thing to see. It's another thing to do. Isaiah 43, that we read, verse 19. It says, for I am about to do anything, can, can you not see it? Can you not see it? Can you not see it? So, to move from here to here, there actually are barriers. There are barriers here. And these barriers keep people from moving from here to there. It does. It does. And God is going to crush the barrier in your life in Jesus' name. So, so we have people that can see and they're excited. Many times they start moving and they hit this a barrier. They hit a barrier. 
than they, they, they can do. Thus, the, the barrier keeps them. Today, we're going to look at four of such. We're going to go at lightning speed. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> that those barriers will come down in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so the barriers to taking bold steps are real. They are. And when you overcome them, you discover that you are able to actually do things that other people will look at you and they're like, wow, she's so special. The truth is, we all are special. But we all don't know the same things. That's usually the difference. If you knew what Jeff Bezos knows, you will be your financial situations will be different. Don't say, who's Jeff Bezos? Okay, you see what I'm saying? You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. It's not my business to say who is. If you don't know who he is, I'm sorry for you. Says, but pastor, it's not Jesus. Why are you sorry for me? Does, do I need him to go to heaven? No, you don't. All you want to do is go to heaven. You're on your way. Praise God. The question is, why did God leave you here? Who are you useful for? I have so much to say, but let's stay on track. Number one, this series is going to totally transform your life. Say amen now. Don't you? Have faith, have faith, have faith. Believe God. So, the first barrier that needs to go down for you to move from what you see to what is done is the barrier of complacency. Complacency. You need to bury complacency. You can't take bold steps if you are complacent in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in the ministry that God has committed to you. In your career, in your business, you can't take bold steps if you are complacent. Philippians 3, that we read in verse 12, it says, not that I have already obtained. I mean, this was by all standard at this time, the greatest man of God on earth, if you will. And he looked at himself and said, not, I have not attained. I have not attained or I have already arrived at my goal. Many people chinchini breakthrough. You know what chinchini breakthrough is? They begin to walk like they are crazy. They begin to talk so arrogantly. Not believable. I wasn't a video. I mean, I, 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 thought, I thought it was an act, but apparently not. A video of some guy that came out from his car and had people carry him That's a poor man. Absolutely poor. To be pitied. 
The question is, have you attained? Have you arrived? Many times we think we have arrived. We think we have arrived. Imagine, let's say you live at Aja, right? On, let's say you live on Aja Road. You are going to um, Ikeja, right? And you start on your journey to Ikeja. But to come out of Aja alone can be battle onto the road. You know that, right? You know, and it's a lot of, you know, you've, you've, you've done well to come out of Aja. Then you branch at Mega Chicken. Then you order food. You know, because you have arrived. Question, have you arrived? You have many traffics to overcome. <laughs> From, you're going to Ikeja. You're branching at Mega Chicken. I, 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 okay. You, you, you've, you, you, that means you have to even turn to get to Mega Chicken. Something is wrong with you. <laughs> with the person, not you. Praise the name of the Lord. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to think you have arrived when you have not even started. If you see what God is doing with Craig and Life Church, and the wall, if you enter their office, the wall there is filled with all the locations, and there's a huge sign, we have just started. Hmm. I'm like, hmm. Then we have not started. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. Said, so, so, I mean, no, no, we've not started. We, no, 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 we are, we are just doing boom, boom, <laughs> boom. You know, you know when you are doing boom, boom. You know, it's as if uh, the car is alive, but we have not started. Oh yes, but we are going to start. And when we get to where God is taking us to, it is unbelievable when people think they've arrived and you know nothing and you think you've arrived. Can you stop that nonsense? Stop it. What lies ahead of you will make what you think you have today like nothing, like absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You need to bury complacency. You need to bury it. So, I mean, I was having um, chats with, uh, you know, thank God for GFH Academy, praise the name of the Lord. So, I mean, it was huge, huge success. Very impactful. Awesome testimonies. You know, if you're wondering what GFH Academy is, be sure you're not complacent with your finances. You know, if you are not complacent, you should have... (laughs) Enrolled. Praise the name of God. But it's not too late. There's going to be more opportunities. But one of the, we did a Q&A at the end with uh, Buki. And one of the things that, questions, was that what is the difference uh, between contentment and what, and, and complacency? And, you know, it was a very good question. Many times, as Christians, we want to be content. But many times, what we call contentment is actually complacency. It's not, it's, not, it's not contentment as God would have it. I, I answered the question in the Q&A video. So if, if you get to watch it, that would be great. But to, to add to it, if you look at the concept of work, the attitude of contentment 
is totally different from the attitude of complacency. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. Contentment says, I am happy to work, therefore, I must be better. Complacency says, I am okay with work, no need to be better. Huge difference. Huge difference. Contentment is born out of gratitude. Complacency is born out of a false sense of security. It's a false sense of security. Contentment is born out of, out of being grateful. This is thanksgiving. Service. If you are content, if you are grateful, you are content. You can't be content without being grateful. You can't be grateful without being happy. Praise the name of the Lord. Because you can be unhappy and be complacent. Yes, yes, you can be unhappy and be complacent. But you cannot be unhappy and be content. You get that? Let me listen to it again, maybe. <laughs> you can't. So, for, for instance, a lot of us, Nigerians, we are unhappy with how things are, but we are, we are not doing anything about it. We are not doing anything about it. You must not get to a place where there's something that is wrong with your life, there's something that is not okay in your finances, there's something that is not okay in your relationships, and you're not willing to do anything about it. You must not get to that place. If there's something wrong, you have to give it all it takes to break the back of that challenge. Praise the name of the Lord. So, when you look at contentment and complacency, huge, 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 huge. Huge difference. Huge difference. Classic story in Luke 12. The, the guy built, uh, he had a huge harvest. He built a barn to store it. And, and, and he said, I'm telling you the story. And he said, oh, <laughs> you have done well. Rest my soul. You've taken the business, you know, you've taken three businesses public. You've, you've, so, you've made millions of dollars. Rest my soul. And God says, you're a fool. I'm going to kill you tonight. And we'll see what will happen to your wealth. Contentment points you to God in gratitude. Complacency points you to stuff. So, where is your security? If it's in stuff, you're complacent. If it's in God, you're content. And if it's in God, God will keep driving you further. God will keep showing you a higher ground. Praise the name of God. So, so number one is what? Is what? Complacency. It must go down today in the name of Jesus. Number two is the second thing that prevents people from taking bold steps and becoming all that God has called them to do is loss or should I say, unwillingness to bear loss. And this is huge. To take both steps, you must be willing to bear loss, cut your losses, let some things go in your life, in your finances, in your business. Take both steps. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. 
Paul was saying in Philippians 3, he says, brothers and sisters, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. There are things that have happened, they are behind, I forget them. You see, if you had prayers yesterday, and you should, listen, you should, you should get the prayers and pray, please do. And we were praying for restoration. I was very deliberate by saying to God that, you know, because it's not everything that you've lost that God should restore to you. Some people are playing foolish prayers. They want God to restore everything they've lost. It's not a good prayer. Some things you have lost, they belong to the past. They don't belong to your future. They are good, but they should be lost so that you can make room for what God is bringing into your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you must be willing to bear loss. Oh, pastor, you know, in my life there will be no loss. Bad prayer. Bad prayer. Bad prayer. The things that should be lost should be lost. So that the things that should be gained can be gained. Because until some things are lost, some things cannot be gained. President of God. So, what am I saying? Loss is not always negative. Not all loss is negative. You know, a woman that says that, you know, I don't want to lose a single blood in my life. Hello? Is, does that even make sense? You need to lose some blood. Let's, let it go, right? Don't hold on to it. Says, I must hold on to it. I must utilize every cycle. Or you, or you say that, okay, I've utilized a lot of cycles. I'm, not, I'm going to give birth. I don't want to lose any blood. I mean, does the woman that gives birth worry about the blood when he carries a newborn baby? Who cares about the blood? The ones that need to go, let them go. So that fresh blood, that's why they give you blood tonic. Fresh blood. <laughs> Can't come in. Praise the name of the Lord. Let some things go. Let them go. Some people walk out of your life. Kiss them goodbye. Say bye. <laughs> Say, but Pastor, oh, he's such a good man. Oh, she's not. Uh. <laughs> like someone I know would say, oh, boy. If you let the monkey go, let the monkey go. So so, she's such a good woman. Look, I have the gift of goodbyes. You must have the gift of goodbyes. Some things you must be comfortable with looking them in the eye, loving them, hugging them, goodbye. The reason many of us we are so bogged down, we are unwilling to bear certain losses. You must be willing. What are you willing to leave behind? What are you willing to walk away from? What are you willing? If you look at that scripture again, it says the things, um, uh, Philippians 3, 13, says the things that are behind, I forget the things that are behind. I let them go. In Luke 17, 32, God says, remember Lot's wife. What is there to remember about Lot's wife? 
Lot's wife was not willing to let the past go. Oh, there was gold in the house. Oh, there was silver there. Oh, they are living behind. Oh, treasures. Oh, but God is saying, I have a bigger future for you. But Lot's wife kept thinking in her mind, oh, what about our furniture? Oh, we just bought the leather seat. Oh, what about um, the SUV that we just left behind? Oh, what about, let it go. Because God has a greater plan for you. Do I say an, do I hear an amen? Yeah. In fact, what you are willing to let go shows us how great your future is. What you are willing to walk away from shows us your readiness for your future. Quickly. Oh, how many did I say we will do? Oh, I told you already. <laughs> I was going to <laughs> cut it to two. Okay. Number three would be what? First is complacency. Two is what? Lost. Number three, what keeps people from taking bold steps is, is this. Pain, or do I say, avoiding all pain. You can't take bold steps if your mission in life is to avoid pain. So people, they just want to avoid pain. They don't like pain. They don't, oh, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to cry. Oh, you have to cry. You have to hurt. It's part of the package. Because your, your, your future is bright. Check, check, everyone, check the Bible, everyone in scriptures that was exceedingly great experienced enormous pain. People think because you're a Christian, you have problems. But Leo, you're going to have big problems. But the key thing is you're going to overcome the problems. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray, let's get up for the Lord Jesus. You're going to overcome the problem. Jesus in Hebrews 12, 2, endured the pain. He endured. Everybody say endured. Endured the pain. Great people know how to endure pain and not avoid pain. Endured the pain. Great people don't avoid pain. So pains are necessary. In fact, there's research that shows that the greater the leader, the greater their threshold for pain. Great leaders have amazing threshold for pain. Check people that are, that are holding down industries. If you look at their lives, the, their threshold for pain. Like the song, uh, you know, if you can hold your side, holding your side, you are going to go through pain. Philippians 3, 12. If you look at 12, then look at 13. It says, I press on. I press. It is painful. The word press there is like I'm crushed and I'm crushing against. Pain. Verse 13 says, but one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind, I'm straining towards. I am straining. It is not a casual walk. I am straining to what is ahead. I am straining to what is ahead. There's a story of a biker, a hiker, that went hiking. It was cold. It was getting dark. And he was about to return home. He was alone. And he fell. And in the process, his hand got stuck in a rock. And it was getting colder. And it was like getting darker. And obviously, from his experience, he knew 
that if he stayed there and he was bleeding, he was going to bleed to death and freeze to death. So he had a choice. Take out his knife and cut off his hand. Or stay there and die. True life story. (laughs) What's the choice? What would you do? He took out his knife and cut off his own hands so that he can save his life. Then a journalist caught up to him after the hand had been, you know, I mean, healed and everything. He says, oh, you must, be, you must have suffered a great deal. Look at the journalist. I said, nope. I had pain. But I'm enjoying my family. I'm enjoying my wife. I'm enjoying my children. I can go about my business. So I'm not suffering. But you've cut off your hand. But I'm not suffering. And it's so important because, you know, like, like, like someone said, that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Suffering is optional. Everybody will go through pain. You have to be willing to go through pain. But will you suffer for the rest of your life is your choice. Will you cut your losses and cut it off and, and move on is your choice. It's your choice. And the guy chose not to suffer beyond the pain. Don't suffer beyond the pain. Okay, so number four, quickly. Number one is what? Complacency. Number two, loss. Number three, pain. Number four keeps people from going from where they are to where God wants them to be is the good old fear. Fear. Free. Check the story up. The story of um, the, the twelve in the boat. Jesus walking on, on water. Why didn't they? Why didn't the eleven walk on water? They, they were afraid. People are usually afraid of failure, afraid of people, rejection. Whether people will like you, whether they will not like you. You spent all your money to do your air, and you are worried that somebody doesn't like it. The person that doesn't like it can go and drink pure water. They are bloody business. <laughs> Praise the name of God. Who cares? You're afraid. Whether you'll be accepted. You yourself, your acceptance. <laughs> ah. So the fear, the fear of failure, the fear of people, the fear of evil of evil. God is saying to you, you will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. Yeah. Nor the pestilence that wasted at noonday. Yeah. Many times we are afraid of failure because we have tried. Oh, pastor, I've tried six times. Oh, I've tried five times. Oh, I've done this thing five times. It did not work. The Bible says even when the righteous falls down, what? They get up again. They get up again. You have tried Five times. I say, okay, Pastor, I've done my own. It's more than seven. I have done seven. I've done uh, ten. But have you done fourteen? Seven there means perfection. As in, you, you, you will do it until you are, your, you, your falling is perfected and you are permitted to walk. That's what seven means. So when seven ends, 
What number do you have? New beginning. New beginning. Praise the name of the Lord. You have a new beginning. So, so you cannot say, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, I've tried. Oh, I, I, I'm tired. What does that mean? Excuse me, what does that mean? I'm tired. Tired of what? You can't be tired. You can't. Ah, there's so much to say. But we'll draw the curtain here. Praise the name of the Lord. Regardless of the pain, regardless of the pain, regardless of the fear, regardless of the fear that you are going through, God's word for you is clear. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, as we draw the curtain on this, it says, God is saying to you, don't be afraid, for I am with you, Olufemi Munei. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What fear is confronting you today? The maker of the heavens and the earth is saying to you, don't be afraid. I am with you and I will help you. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. And I want you to take a, a moment and just think and just pray. Pray. God is on your side. Except, of course, you cannot say God is on your side. If you can't say God is on your side, I want to pray with you right now. You can begin to be confident that God is on your side. Pastor, I've never been born again. Can I give my life to Jesus? Yes. Or I used to be born again. Can I come back today? Yes, you can. Should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. You don't need to come forward. Shoot your hand up over your head. Put it up well, well. God bless you. Put the hands up, up, up. They'll put a card in your hand. There's a hand at the there's a hand at the back there. God bless you. There's a hand in front here. God bless you. There's a hand there. There's a hand over there. God bless you. I can see that hand. Keep it, keep it up. Keep it up. God bless you. And there's another hand there. Keep the hands up. God bless you, right? God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. If that is me, Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. And so, Father, we pray for everyone in this place. So, God of heaven, God bless you. There's another hand right there. Keep the hands up, please. Even as we pray, if you are yet to get a card, God bless you. Keep the hands up. They're going to slip a card in your hand. Please, make sure you get a card before you put your, put your hands down. Lord, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you. We pray for every one of us, O God of heaven. Breathe upon us, my Father. The capacity to take the bold steps that to bring the creative destinies of our lives into fruition, give unto everybody, O oh Lord. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory will be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for, for the Lord Jesus.